few interlude that we have the little music and this is more than five percent a podcast dedicated to covering the stories of women in sports whatever the sport whatever the role everyone is welcome now let's join our hosts zoe hicks and carly jackson for a weekly conversation with women who inspire Check, 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 check. One, two, three, check. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to More Than 5%. Um, today, we're going to do something a little bit differently. Um, we are exactly halfway in our season. Our plan is to get to about 18 to 20 episodes, and right now we're at episode nine. So we're going to take a little bit of a break with our guests and just simply shoot the shit. Um, there's been a couple times where we've just gone on tangents, ranted about topics. Um, and yeah, this is just going to be a compilation of all those times us chatting, us getting ideas out there, and just hashing everything out. But, as always, we gotta start with some good shit. Well, huge fan of shit shooting over here. My good shit, it didn't happen today, but it's happened recently, and it's something that I'm very excited about, is I have dropped my new helmet off to be painted. Um, So recently I've been wearing a bright blue one that really conflicts with the red, black, and gold coloring of the Toronto 6. Um, So I'm wearing, you know... Bright baby blue, but a new one is on the way, and it was really fun designing it. And I was able to put in a couple of special touches that I'm really excited about. So that is my good shit. Nice. And um, I'm assuming when we get that back, we will post pictures on our Instagram of the new mask. Um, so be sure to follow us over there at more than five PCT. Uh, my good shit is I recently started a new job at Lululemon, and I absolutely love it. It's so much fun. I feel like a little nerd saying that I love a retail job, but it's like the whole job is just talking to people. Like you just get to like connect with people and just like ask them if they need your help, like educate them on the products. Um, I love Lulu. I've always been a Lulu girly. So it's super easy to just be like, yeah, I love these. You should get these. So yeah, I started my training sessions on Monday and Tuesday. And then tonight I have my first official shift as a Lululemon educator. So that is my good shift. Oh, hell yeah. It probably feels very genuine because you like the brand so much. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I just like, you know, get paid to talk. Yeah. And as everyone knows. Just like this. I can freaking talk. I can talk like the best of them. Anyway, I just want to take a moment to appreciate everyone who listens to our episode on a weekly basis. We're so thankful for you. We love this platform that we have. Um, however, you know, tiny it may be, uh, this is a passion of both of ours to just like get more stories out there, more experiences out there, talk about women in sport. So yeah, thank you so much for being along with us. Yeah, love the people. We are mighty. Love it. I, I think this has been a really fun experience. I'm having a blast just getting to know people and getting to hype them up a bit and just hear their stories. I think that's kind of the best part is when you can see the passion or the excitement just ignite in somebody's eyes. I think that's that's probably been my favorite part so far, but um, really enjoying this. It was a good time. Alrighty. Well, so without further ado, um, welcome to the Shoot the Shit episode. It kind of will be all over the place. There'll be topics bouncing from one to another, but you know, hope you appreciate it. Hope you enjoy it and let's get into it. Okay. So as a lot of you may have seen, on either the MLB app or ESPN app or all over your social medias, as women in baseball made history this past week. Um, so Olivia Pichardo becomes the first NCAA Division I female student athlete. Um, she plays baseball at Brown University, which one, Brown is an Ivy League. So like, that's impressive in itself. You're walking onto a baseball team at an Ivy League, like that's ridiculous. So shout out to Olivia for being a fucking badass. Um, you might 
already know, um, and if you don't, look her up. Marika Lissick plays Division II baseball, so she's blazed that trail, done those things, been the first to play NCAA baseball, and now Olivia is the first to play NCAA Division I baseball. Um, she most recently just got, you know, invited onto the team for the spring semester after working her tail off in the fall. So shout out to Olivia Pichardo for being a badass and blazing a trail for women in collegiate baseball, um, women in baseball in general, like, get it. Yeah, I also want, I want to bring up, like, how impressive it is that she walked onto the team as a freshman like any walk-on spot is is difficult to achieve any any roster spot at division one level is insane to achieve um there's such a small percentage of athletes that make it through so to be able to show up as a freshman just being able to own it and go in there and crush it and impress the coaches enough and to stand out enough that they're like we need you on our roster that's insane like that is so so cool and such a challenging thing to do so Freaking well done. That's just so excited to watch you. Like, so excited to, I'll definitely be following Brown um, a lot more closely this this season. So looking forward to seeing her play. And I just think it's it's pretty amazing accomplishment and, and a lot of fun to, to be a fan of. Absolutely. So if you want to learn more about Olivia's story, I'm going to post a bunch of articles to our um, link tree, to our social media accounts. So if you follow us, you can then follow that story. And we will be keeping everyone updated on that this year. So we're going to move on to a PHF recap. CJ, as everyone knows, is a goaltender for the Toronto Six. Um, she talks about it every day, every second that she possibly can. So yeah, give us a little recap on the first two weekends of the season, how it went, how you're feeling, all the good shit. Well, you know how like something happens to you and then it becomes your entire personality? That's me with the Toronto Six. No, really? No, it's been great. It's been a great uh, start so far. There's been uh, a couple of weekends. There's a bit of discrepancy between teams that have played and haven't played. There was a cancellation this week between the Connecticut Whale and the Buffalo Buttes. Um, so those games were rescheduled because there was a hell of a snowstorm in Buffalo, which is crazy because here in Toronto, so we flew out on um, on the Friday and there was no snow whatsoever. Nothing. Nothing's on the ground. Meanwhile, in Buffalo, their cars are buried and they the highways are closed down. They can't get out even if they wanted to. So... I feel very lucky that we got to play, uh, but those games will be rescheduled uh, for the Buttes and the Whale. Um, so far for the six, I mean, we're, we're good start. We're three and one. Uh, we had a good weekend against the Ribs. They're hard to play against as always. And we were playing for my first time in a mall. The rink is in the America Dream Mall on Long Island, New York. It was just insane. Like It was just, there's a lot going on. The first thing I would like to say about it is there is, the ceiling is all glass. So it's a lot of natural light. So the rink was so bright. So I was like in warm-ups, I was like, oh my God, like I wish I had some sunglasses or something. It was, it was a different experience, but it was really, really fun. Um, there was a lot going on. Did it almost feel like an outdoor game? Because I it know- It felt like an outdoor game. Yeah. When we talked about the outdoor game, you're like, yeah, it's outside. There's a bunch of sunlight. Like it's just a different atmosphere. It was like that. Yeah, it was very, very much like that. And it was hot. It was super hot. But I kind of like that. Like, I'm a sweater. Like, I like to sweat. So I personally, like, loved it. I like the heat. Like, I went in, and I think in the third period of the first game, and, you know, my hands and toes, I could feel them. So, I was, you know, it was just, it was a positive to be able to not be freezing your, your limbs off. So, um, <laughs> but I think it was, it was a good, pretty good experience. It was, there's so much going on. Like, I remember, I don't know if it was warm-ups or if it was during one of the games, I had just kind of taken a look around. And there was a giant probably like, I don't know, like 10 foot giraffe mascot walking around and they couldn't stop looking at it. Um, so it was, I think it was a sponsorship for Toys R Us and they were, you know, handing out 
gift bags and goodie bags and things like that. But I'm like, I just kept kind of double taking because I would see this thing walking around. It's got a huge head and it's taller than everybody else. So um, there was like a ton of distractions. I think for any opposing teams kind of heading into that rink, just be prepared to try and shut everything else off because it's like distractions times a million in any experience I've ever had. Um, but it actually did kind of remind me of the outdoor game in terms of the lighting and it being a different atmosphere compared to a typical rink. But it was it was pretty cool. Uh, it was pretty cool having like all the fans there and a lot of eyes on the product of the game. So very interesting. But I think, you know, hopefully it'll it'll bring a lot of people into the sport. So very, very cool experience. Yeah, definitely. And I know you're not going to mention this, so I will. Debut for the Toronto Six, uh, mm-hmm. first start, as well as your first win. So kind of like talk about that and talk about, you know, like how the transition has been to Toronto, how, you know, you feel like you've meshed with that team and how it means to you to be able to like contribute in a way of like, I started, I won. This is, you know, a good situation. No, it was was really fun. It's really, really fun. I just love, I love to play. Right. So, you know, it's been a different, I would say it's been kind of a different role um, for me this year where I'm kind of a, I'm a backup to Elaine Chuli, who's just a phenomenal goaltender. But, you know, in the past six years of my life, I think if I played in a hundred and, you know, 50 games, I've probably started in 140. So I've been very used to just kind of going every weekend and just kind of trying to make a way through with having a solid performance and being consistent just over such a long span of time. So it's been really fun to actually learn a bit of a different role. And it's been such a positive experience. And um, I've had like just a lot of fun being able to contribute in a different way. And I think that my personality has been been able to shine a little bit more being involved with the team, even just being on the bench, right? Being on the door and and uh, just interacting with people as they come off their shift or, you know, we're shooting the shit about certain plays in between periods or, um, you know, people are just picking each other's brains and being in, playing a different role um, within the team has been really fun. And I just, I really enjoyed being a part of this team and being able to contribute any way that I can. So getting in and, you know, getting my first start, I mean, that was just, that was just really fun. I had a good time, um, had some friends and family there and I just, I just really enjoyed the whole experience. So really just kind of grasping on everything I can to, to be able to contribute. But, you know, I think something that our coach Jair has, has said quite a few times is, is how much every role matters. And I think that that is so important in great teams is that it's not all about, you know, let's say the power play or the first line or, or whatever it is. Like it's, it takes an entire unit of people just doing really fucking good at what they do. That's how you win over a long period of time. And being in Toronto, I'm like, man, this is this is how you do it. So I'm just, it's fun to be a part of. I feel like I'm getting better every day. I'm really enjoying being at the rink every day. And um, I'm excited to see what we do. And at the time of this recording, we're going into a weekend against the Boston Pride, who are in first place. We're currently in second place. So I just think it's going to be a hell of a weekend. It's going to be really fun hockey. Uh, my family's coming to watch. Got some family and friends coming. So um, I'm, I'm pretty thrilled. But uh, I'm having a great time with the Six. Yeah, I think that's really good advice for anyone who has, you know, found themselves in a role that they might not have envisioned, like hockey or otherwise, you know, like you're not the starter, you're not, you don't get the most minutes that you thought you were going to get, or, you know, the most innings or playing time or whatever, just to find ways to contribute. I've had so many conversations with athletes that I've coached that they're like, but I, I can't help like in the box or on the field. And I'm like, but you can help in so many other ways. Like you have eyes that don't need to be focused on the ball. You can be focused on other things like player positioning and if you have to pick signs or you know a pitch tip like there's so many different things that you can do to contribute you can stand beside your 
whatever your specific position coach and just talk things through. Like I've had catchers glued to the hip of their catching coaches and like talking about what pitches they'd call and how they set this up and how they do this batter because he does this thing. Like there's so many ways that you can one learn as a human and two contribute to your team from the dugout or from the bench or from, you know, the sideline. And it doesn't always have to be on the, on the field or on the ice. Like, I think that's such good advice of like find ways that you as a person can contribute. There's not always going to be that person that's like super outgoing. They're cheering. They're loud. They're whatever. If you're not that person, find other ways to be helpful. Find other ways to contribute. And I think that's a huge lesson that people can learn. And I'm glad you brought that up. Mm-hmm. No, I I have more to add on to this. I think this go is ahead. Oh my gosh. Because I think you know, and I think uh, there's a lot of like attention and hype and whatever about when you're playing a lot and maybe you have a good game or you make a big save or you make a nice play, and that that can be addicting in a in a sort of way. But it's like finding also finding ways to have fun outside of the glorious roles, right? There's a lot of thankless jobs, but I think the most important thing, and I think that gives, or the thing that gives a lot of fulfillment is that the people you're doing it with every day, you know, like those things matter to each other. Like if you're just, if you're, you know, maybe you're not in the role that you envisioned, right? Or, or whatever it is, something maybe you wish were different. I think there's a lot of focus on wishing it were different instead of enjoying the positives that come with where you're at right now. And I think that is so applicable and such a general statement to like anything, but let's say in this position, right? Where you're open at your door opener, right? Like there's so much enjoyment to be able to be able to talk to your teammates and talk through situations. And I'm learning so much about systems and, and forwards. Like if I'm on the forward door, I'm watching the forwards. I'm not even really watching the play, but I've been learning so much about movements and reading plays and driving the net and just things like that. It's been a really enjoyable experience. And honestly, Maybe a year or two ago, maybe even longer than that. I don't know if I thought I would have had this much fun playing in a role like this, but I fucking, I'm having a great time. And I feel like getting better every week. I'm getting to learn from like an amazing goaltender, Lane Chuli. And it's just, I feel like I'm just being supported in such an awesome way that this team is just continuing to get better every week. And I think that in itself is incredibly rewarding, fulfilling, and fun. Um, so it's, it's a different role, but it's, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. I think, I think about when you look back at sports, you don't really remember like, Oh, this player, Oh, this game. Like you might remember a couple, but you yeah. remember like the teammate in the locker room that was like, you know, like dancing and singing mm. and whatever, like those fun moments you'll remember. And so yeah, on the flip side, feel. yeah. And on the flip side of that, everyone hates an energy sucker. So if mm. there's someone who like thinks they should have more playing time and then they're like pouting because they're not getting that playing time. Mm-hmm. And then they're just like, you know, grouchy all the time. Like you don't want to be around that person. You don't want to feed into that. There's so many things that are, you're like, oh, like tiptoeing around that person, whatever. Nobody likes those people. So if you're in that situation and like your options are like, I either am a total shithead and I make everyone's day worse because I, it's all about me. Or I flip the switch and I go, you know what? Might not be playing. My energy can be used elsewhere. Like I'm super outgoing. I'm going to sing this karaoke song while we're getting ready in the locker room to hype everybody up, whatever. Just be you and be yourself in that situation. Don't let that outcome or don't let that situation like drain you and make and drain everyone around you. Basically like, fuck it. Like I'm okay, cool. Like, you know, I might not be the best for this job to play left field today. But yeah. I am the best at my job of hyping people up or, you know, yeah. getting people ready. Or if someone's base running, like I have their glove right when they go play defense. Like those people, yeah, you remember those people. It's for the team. It's for yeah. the team. The person who's like sitting there like pouting, like clapping, being grumpy, that's for them. That's for mm-hmm. themselves. So I mean like you remember those people. You totally remember those people that they did like nothing was for themselves. 
they were like, you know, getting the shit on the stick. They're not getting the looks. They're not getting the playing time, whatever. They're still doing everything that's in their power to help their teammates. You know, like it's, I've had so many people like that that come to mind right now that like, you know, they're a backup catcher, but they're also older than the person who's starting. They're not sitting there being like, well, it should be me because I'm older. Or I'm this, or I'm that. Like they're helping their person out. They're saying, hey, like, you know, I noticed this hitter was doing this thing. Like maybe we can work together to formulate a good plan, like blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's so important. It's a team sport at the end of the day. Like yeah. you're not playing singles tennis. You're not playing golf. Like what we're talking about is like team sport, even golf, golf's mm-hmm. on a team. Like if you're grouchy about your hit and like pissing yeah. everybody else off, you're affecting them. So, I mean, exactly. if you have poo energy, it's going to, everybody feels it. You feel in the air, right? Yeah. And like you sign up for a team, you sign mm-hmm. up for the situation, like for people to hold you accountable for you to be there for the team. So I think that's the biggest thing. It's just like, what can you do for this team? Yeah, and I think in general, honestly, and I think I see this all the time in youth sport, right, where there's so much um, validation and people feel valuable only if they score a goal or only if they play a lot or and they associate worth with performance and playing time. And that is just not the case, like at all. And it's like some of the best people, some of the best athletes, some of the best just experiences that I have had have come from just the opposite of that. Right, those quiet moments and those those experiences that make you feel a lot of shit, <laughs> which you know it doesn't necessarily mean scoring a hat trick every game. Yeah, I mean, I mean that's a little bit unrealistic. If anybody scores a hat trick every game, well done. Um, that would actually be pretty special. But um, you know, just finding a different ways to have fun, I think, is just the coolest, it's the coolest thing. And understanding that there's value beyond statistics and value beyond scoring that goal or whatever. Sometimes it's like I even just watching through clips and plays and something, you know, I've learned playing sports and especially at this level. And recently, something I've taken a lot of notice of is typically even the pretty goals, there is almost always a, a gritty or a beautiful play made by another member on the team who might not get an assist or might not get a whatever. It could have been two minutes prior to the actual play. It could have been 10 seconds prior, but who have made either like a nice net drive, have taken another player out of the play or like done something that most people wouldn't notice that end up being like one of the nicest plays of of the game. And they don't necessarily get net recognized, but the people you do it with are like, that was a great, great net driver. Man, that was an incredible screen. That's why, you know, that was half the reason why the goal went in or whatever it is or something was accomplished. And I think that societally, we put a lot of value into into the final product when in reality, I think what matters and no matter what you do is how you do it and what gets you to the success. It's not it's not a secret when you look at it that way, when you look at the breakdown of of the teams and the people that are part of it and what they're doing every day and how they're supporting each other and how they exist in that space as to why teams are successful. It's not a secret when you break it down. Um, and I think that that's really fun. And I think that's, you know, I think that's a big reason why I've been enjoying being a member of the Toronto Six so much is because, you know, I'm seeing the good things that we're doing and that lead up to, to you know, these beautiful goals and these nice plays and these gritty wins. And I think that's what makes it so fun as an athlete. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like in a team environment, you see those things kind of behind the scenes, you know, situations where like, you're working on something in practice and then in a game that situation comes up and they come through. Oh my God. Oh my God. I love that. That is like one of my favorite things in the world. It's like, like they worked on it. You saw them put in the work. You saw them like really grind it out. And then when it comes down to like, okay, put up or shut up, they fucking put up. That is my favorite thing in the entire world. And it might be like the smallest things. Like one thing that comes to mind in, in baseball, softball is situational hitting. 
So you have someone mm -hmm. on second base less than, or on second base, zero outs. The mm -hmm. person grounds out to second base, you move your runner. Mm -hmm. Next person, sack flies, scores the run. That run is to the person who hit the ground ball. Yeah. That run is because you did your job. So yeah. like situations like that of like, it might not be, you know, a bomb or a double or a great play, but like you are doing what you need to make your team successful. That is for you. You did your job because if you didn't do your job, you strike out, you pop up, whatever. The next person hits a, hits a fly ball, not a sack fly. They're at second. Maybe they get to third. Maybe they don't like your job is done. That run is now like, because you did your job. So situations like that, where it's like, it's like, it's not the gritty one, but it's the team one and they get it done. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh yeah, my God. That's one of the most beautiful things in sports, yes. I think. And also what makes teams great, yeah. right? It's not just like this one huge, crazy play. It's like this buildup of contributions from tons of different people. And it could even be go down to like a coach being like, hey, we've been, are you rowing the boat right now? Everybody rows the boat. Yeah, That's what it literally like, everyone is rowing in the same direction. Because even if you have someone like, Rowing in the opposite direction. You're not getting to your destination mm -hmm. as efficiently as you can. So everyone has to row the boat, regardless of what your job is, regardless of like who you are. Everyone mm -hmm. is rowing in the same direction. Everyone is giving their all at the time. Everyone is doing what they can to row the boat. And no, when you break it down, it's insane how much all of those pieces matter, right? Something as simple as like having the water bottles filled. Or in the weight room, you know? pushing someone oh, yeah. in the weight room. If oh, you, yeah. you don't lift that much, but the person beside you, like, is an absolute monster and lifts a shit ton. Like, mm -hmm. everyone's mom being like, I think you could go up and wait. Like, mm -hmm. those things, pushing your teammates, like, those little things that are behind the scenes or, you know, a day where they're like, oh, I really don't want to go roll out. Like, I'm not feeling it. And you're like, let's go. I'll go with you. Yeah. Those yeah, things right. lead to championships, lead mm -hmm. to the culture being expected excellence. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, like, those things are huge coming from like a college environment, going to a professional, like those little things of like not allowing yourself to slack and not accepting that from your team. But no, it makes it fun, right? If yeah. somebody's like, oh, dude, let's go stretch. Let's go stretch for 10 minutes, shoot the shit, whatever. Let's yeah. go, hey, uh, will you tip in front for me while I take yeah. some shots? Or yeah. hey, will you shoot so I can tip? Yeah. Will you screen me? Whatever. Right? But if somebody's like excited to to include people in what you're mm -hmm. doing and and in the process, dude, that's the fucking best. That's the Absolutely. best of energy. And it, I don't think it really matters what you're doing, whether that's sports or a family dinner, you're going out to brunch, you're going to a bookstore, like feeling like you belong within your people is the most powerful thing. And just inclusion, just being like, yeah, this is the place for me to be. That is probably the most powerful feeling in one of them in the world, like to me, at least being able to be like, ah, oh, yeah, these are my people or these are this is my space. This is, this is where I practice my craft or practice my character or whatever. And feeling, I just think that that's one of the most empowering things in the world. Yeah, matters, and that's why inclusion matters. When you break it down to into that, fuck. Yeah, every, like everyone inherently as a human being, just wants mm -hmm. to feel involved, wants yes. to feel like they belong. So yeah. I mean, like thinking about that specific instance, think about the flip side. If I was like, hey, like, let's go stretch, like, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, no. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, shit, okay. Uh, we're not on the same level that I thought we were. And mm -hmm. now I know that they're going to slack off. I might not trust them in the same way. Yeah. And even in a situation like, oh, I'm really not feeling like I want to go stretch. And the next person goes, you're right, let's not. Then I now know if I want to slack, I go to her. Because mm -hmm. she's going to slack with me. 
it's easy once you get a group of people that is okay slacking, you then find them, you seek them out, you continue to do the bare minimum because mm -hmm. they'll allow it. In that moment, you have a choice. You either like, you know, you could literally the last thing you want to do is stretch. The last thing you want to do is recover. The last thing you want to do is even like a bike sprint. You have to do the bike sprint that day. That's the last thing you want to do. In that moment, you have a choice. You either allow the slack, allow the lack of accountability, allow like the shitty culture, or you make the choice right now and be like, this is going to be, this is going to be shitty, but we need to. And it, it sets a precedent of like, this is expected uh, versus the opposite of like the precedent is you know, we can, we can do it sometimes and not do it other times. I think that's like in the moment of that decision-making, it's like, this is so much bigger than this decision right now. It's so much bigger than this 20 minute stretch. Like yes. it is now everything that we do. Yeah. Um, how you do anything is how you do everything. Yeah. Um, super cheesy, but it's cheesy and cliche because so it works. It absolutely yeah. works. Like, are you going to, you know, set yourself to the high standard of, okay, every day I'm going to make my bed. Every day I'm going to have a clean space. Every day I'm going to show up to my people every day. I'm going to show up to like, you know, if I go to the gym that day, I'm showing up with my hundred percent self, like setting yourself up for that because it's just an expectation at this point. This is what I do. It's not a question. So I think that like, it just, it boils down to like choices and you know, you can choose the right way or like the right way is probably going to be the hardest way. Most of the time, like the, the tough yeah. way, the tough conversations, the tough thing to do. Um, but are you going to make that choice and be like disciplined in that to make it happen? Or are you going to be okay with, you know, slacking off and maybe like those things add up also. Assaults, I think the, the results of the game are of multiple games and seasons are reflections of the little things that happen. And, you know, this is my own just personal philosophy. I, I don't think that it needs to, I don't think it's realistic, honestly, to be like, yeah, I fucking love doing bike sprints all the time. Fuck yeah. Like even I think sometimes for myself, sometimes I'll say it in a very, like sometimes I almost say it in a sarcastic way. I'm like, fuck yeah, I love bike sprints. So let's go. Like, <laughs> and then I'll be like, oh, fuck. Uh, there's one of our players who's just like, She'd be like, okay, girl, like, we're doing shoulders. And we, we do this, like, shoulder circuit for, like, four minutes. And I fucking hate it. And I'll say that. Sometimes like, I fucking hate this. Or I'll be like, I oh, fuck you, but I love you. You know? Because it's like, hey, yeah, we're doing something shitty and annoying and bleh, together. But we're doing it together. So I'm like, okay, I'm doing it with my buddies. So, you know, I actually kind of like it. And then I'm like, okay, and now my shoulders are getting big. So I'm like, I actually really like this. You know, but being able to, it doesn't need to be this, like, perfect picture all the time in order for you to be successful, but to be able to, you know, take life and enjoyment and humor and, you know, whatever those pieces of are your character um, that create fulfillment in, in the things that you do, I think is, that's ultimately what also matters and how you get invested in doing the extra work or invested in, in doing things the right way. It's not like, oh, because I should. It's like, oh, because these are how I connect with doing the extra bike sprint or staying 10 minutes and stretching or doing a shoulder circuit or sitting down and, you know, just giving a little bit of extra attention to one of your teammates or whatever. I think, I think that's kind of where the piece comes in outside yeah. of, Hey, this is perfect all the time because yeah. I'm, you know, I'm ready to go all the time and I love doing, you know, yeah. everything. And it's like, yeah. yes, you can love parts of that, but it's like keying into what your character, um, I guess relates to in those moments. Yeah, like the guiding principles of your life. So if my if my personal guiding principles of life are like striving for excellence and integrity, those things are not going to be negotiables in my life. You know what I mean? Like those, that's just not, that's what I do and that's who I am. So situations where it's like, oh, I really don't want to go do this extra workout. But what's important to me 
is not my feelings in this moment. What's important to me is like striving to be the best that I can be at all times. So like, it's good for long term. Short term, you might hate it in the moment. Like every fiber of my being is like, absolutely not. But for long term me, for what's important, for like this whole overarching, like huge concept of who I am, this is important. It's a small step. Piece by piece. And piece by piece. Away. Some days you won't have your best. That's a real reality of the situation. Some days you will not have your best. Um, the biggest thing that I that helps me is like show up. Yeah. Even if it's shitty. Even if it's shitty. Show Being up. There is everything. Being there, right? Present is is right. everything. Even if, if you go to the gym, walk on the treadmill for 30 minutes, leave. Like showing up. Because once you don't show up, you're like, okay, well, I didn't go yesterday. Like, do I really have to go today? If you show up and you're like, okay, once I'm already there, I might as well do some stuff. Like, show up, even if it's showing up shitty. Like, I know, and I know that sounds terrible, but like, show up always, always show up. Like, even if you, you know, you're running on an empty tank, you have no sleep, you didn't have your coffee, like, you know, you ran out of gas, like, all these crappy things are happening. Mm-hmm. Show up, show up, yeah. find a way to show up because that's important to you. And that's something that you set a goal and you, you owe yourself. You owe yourself nice things. You owe yourself to take care of your body. Like there are so many things that just, it, it, it'll go if you show up, right? If I put on gym clothes, I show up to the gym. I feel like crap. Once I'm there and I'm already sweating, I'm going to get through a decent workout. Like I'm already there. I've already done it. But I allow myself to say like, listen to your body and feel what's right. If I show up and do a treadmill for half an hour, walk like, you know, a hawk girl walk on the treadmill fine that's totally cool I'm allowing myself that space to be like whatever but I also know that like once I'm there I show up there's going to be something good that comes of it even if it's just showing up I think one of the something interesting societally is the question of oh how are you is societally a word I don't know (laughs) no but you said it earlier I was like but go ahead go ahead societally right it's it's like oh how are you I 99% of the time people like oh I'm good they could be That's the worst the only, day of their life. The only acceptable answer is good. Because if you say anything else, people will look at you like you're crazy. Yeah. 100%. What's, so what's wrong with being like, ah, so appreciate today, but happy to be here. I just think there's little things like that conversationally, you know, as we navigate as human beings that are like, it's okay to be like, ah, I'm okay today, but I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to step on the ice today, or I'm excited to be in the gym, or I'm excited to see my friends, or, you know, I'm... Looking forward to dinner after this <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, I but, can't wait for uh, this to be over. <laughs> yeah. It's like the worst workout ever. You like see the oh. workout, you're like, well, I can't wait for this to be done. Oh, Authentic. That could be exactly what you feel in the moment. Like you're still gonna go, you're still gonna show up, you're still gonna do the damn like you're still gonna do the workout. But yeah. like to be like, hey, like this sounds like it sucks. You know, I'm excited for us to be done. You know? Like those interactions just make it human. Yes, they do make it human. Which I think can be so lost these days. Yeah. You know, being human and... Allowing yourself to be human. Allowing yourself to exist. Yeah. You know. I feel that a lot. Societally, I feel that a lot. Um, I think the idea behind uh, female sports being inherently gay is that, like, women in sport are already outside of society's box. So, like, for women, you're supposed to be fragile. You're supposed to, like, do what you're told. You're supposed to be all dainty and pretty and whatever. And yeah. sports is literally not that. Is inherently the opposite of that. Is like, tough and strong and dirty and, like, you know, you're sweaty and you're gross and whatever. I think that because women in sport have already, like, gone against this idea of, like, what society thinks you're supposed to be, they're a lot, they're a lot more cool with going against the heteronormative society also they're like well i'm already 
you know, a manly girl or not the, the right girl. Exactly. I'm already us. outside of the box. I might as well, you know, do what I want to do and like allow myself to be myself, basically. Yeah. I wish um, I had known as like a younger version of myself that that was like the queer community was the biggest supporter of women's sports. Yeah. Because I kid you not, I would have just been over the moon excited about it because I didn't know this at the time. But before, like I would fantasize about playing and having like girls watch me and yeah. being like you know what I mean be like oh yeah, yeah. like my girlfriend's in the state but I wouldn't yeah. know that I'd be you know associating that as my girlfriend but like oh there's a girl I like and she's watching me play sports like yeah. to know that as a younger version of myself I think I just would have been over the moon in terms of being queer and being an athlete yeah it sounds harsh but like the thought of like yeah no one no one cares <laughs> that much you know what I mean in terms of I think the negative things the anxiety we feel about being our authentic selves like I think maybe a recent situation for myself is, you know, show up to a new team. And one of my favorite things that I love to do in the gym is I cut the sleeves off of my shirt. Right. And yeah, you know, you get the eye roll, you get people making douchey comments, being like, oh, you're such a douchebag. Oh, you're such a fucking whatever. Right. And, and it's like, totally. Yes. I just, I, you know, people make a comment. I'm like, yeah, no, it is a douchey thing. Whatever. Cut my sleeves off, roll them up, show the arms off. But that's something that makes me so happy. That, and it motivates me. You know, I'm in the gym and I'm doing any exercise and I'm like, I like the way my arms look right now. It motivates me to do that extra oomp. And it's just like, yeah, it might be perceived in a in a douchey way. But to me, it's very powerful and it's very, um, it brings me a lot of confidence and pushes me to get to do more or to enjoy my experience. And I think that that is kind of just, I think it's an analogy that I kind of go back to when I feel a little bit fearful of being like oh well people are gonna think I'm a douche or oh people are gonna think this I'm like oh wait I don't care <laughs> I always think about like people are gonna think I'm this but am I this mm -hmm. like people are gonna think you're a douche but are you a douche usually I don't think so <laughs> yeah in a normal sense no yeah. so like oh like people are gonna think you know I'm whatever I think that's something that always kind of pushes me through whenever I'm feeling like mm, I feel really awkward or I feel like out of place or whatever I'm like ah what's my what's my perspective on this like, yeah. do I like to cut my sleeves off? Hell yeah. Like, I remember the first time I thought that I would be remembered for something embarrassing. Like, the whole whatever. So, I think I was in a, I think I was in like the, I don't know, like sixth grade. This, this is one of those moments where your heart just drops in your chest or your stomach and you're like, oh. So, then like this, probably the fifth or sixth grade. And at my elementary school, you all like would sit on the floor and the teachers would sit around, but like the older kids would sit in the back. So, I was sitting in the back and the youngest kids were giving some sort of presentation. And I kid you not, like the quietest kid in probably the entire school is like whispering into the microphone. I think he's reading a poem or something. And I'm sitting in the back row and I'm sitting right on the floor. And I kid you not, I was like, oh my God, I'm so gassy. And I let one rip. And it was so loud. It like echoed off the floor. <laughs> you know, those ones that just like, <laughs> so I just let this absolute fart rip. And the entire school turns around, looks at me. The people on my left are staring at me. The people on my right are staring at me. Everybody turns around and looks at me. And I just started sweating immediately. And I was like, oh, my God. Everybody's going to, like, remember me as this person who farted at this assembly. And, <laughs> like, I just thought, I thought that was the end, you know. And so that was probably one of my first, like, really embarrassing moments as a as a person. And the initial thought was like, this is what I'm going to be remembered for. <laughs> but nobody cares. If you, if we could somehow ask the, you know, 200 people in that assembly, 
what they thought or if they remembered that story, they probably wouldn't. Or if they did, they would probably tell it in a really funny way and it being hilarious, right? Rather than like, oh my God, you know, my social life is over and da 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 da. And I think about that scenario a lot because, you know, whenever something happens, or maybe that was embarrassing, or maybe it wasn't reflective of my character, or whatever it is, it's like, okay, you just make a great story about it, and laugh, or you just learn from it, and you move forward. And I just think, you know, we have a lot of anxieties as human beings. I think that's very human, but I think the message to kind of remember is, is that you are human, and things happen, and it's really, do the things that matter to you. And ultimately, that's the most important thing. Like, but seriously, probably, I would say if there's 200 people in that place, there's probably like 175 of them that have told that story at a party. I hope so. <laughs> I'm not even, I'm like, that's a guess and probably a really good one. Dude, I right. was like, I remember walking back to the classroom and being like, I'm going to be known as the fart kid forever. <laughs> We're going to have people in our comments being like, yep, true, she is fart kid labeled. Well, if anybody listens to this that was in my class or in my school at the time, let me know please, if you Please, please reach out to us. Oh my God, yes, please. please. That's all you'd like to share with the internet today? Yeah, good little story. Okay, on that same note, uh, our action item for this week is we want to hear from you. We want to hear from our audience. We want to hear who listens to this podcast. Why do you listen to this podcast? Where do you listen to it from? So reach out to us through our DMs on either Instagram or Twitter at more than five, number five. PCT. Um, I'll put it in the in the show notes. But reach out to us. We want to know, you know, what your name is, where you're listening from, your favorite part about the podcast, and a fun fact about you. We yeah, really I love want the fun facts. Yes, we really want to connect. We really want to talk to our audience. The whole point is to connect more people with the experiences of women in sport, and we want to connect with you. We want to connect with everyone who's listening to our little voices in their phone or computer or iPad. But yeah, that is all for our shoot the shit episode of more than 5%. Continue pushing the 5%, continue upping the coverage, continue sharing stories of women in the sports sphere, and we'll talk to you next week. So yeah, bye. Okay, bye. Love you, bye. Love you, bye.